Welcome to a Backyard Ultra podcast and Happy New Year. On this first episode of the year, 2023, Aaron Young came on and we had a really good chat. Here we go. Okay, Aaron, how are you going? Good. How are you, Pato? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on during your holidays and everything like that. No, it's, it's, such a, it's so exciting to be on here and I've, I've been listening to um, some of the podcasts and uh, they've, they've all been great so far. So I'm, oh. I'm really excited to, to yeah. actually get the, to get the call up. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Um, so how long have you been running for and how did it all start? Uh, so I started, well, I kind of started cycling during COVID. Um, as a just a way to get out of the house, I, I'd planned that year to actually travel, um, and I came back in in March from overseas, and you know everything was locked down, so it was just a, it was pretty much the only way you were able to go out of the house was doing exercise, and I started that, and it started off as like riding for forty five minutes to an hour, maybe like 20, 30 k's, and. It was probably like six weeks or two months and I was starting to go on 120k rides and uh, I then thought, oh, maybe the borders will open up and I was hoping to do like maybe a touring trip around Australia on the bike and just started to find that the further things got, the, the more I was enjoying it. And it was probably around about September of 2020 i i just um ridden a track called the munda Bitty here in wa uh, it goes down to albany and back so it's about a thousand and fifty k's each way and i came back and my knees are a little bit sore so i started swimming and a friend of mine that i've been cycling with was just about to uh well he's planning to do his first ironman and so I immediately kind of, because I was enjoying the swimming as well, went and said, oh, you know, I'll give triathlon a go. Yeah. And um, uh, my my coach now, I went up to him and I was like, I'd like to do the Ironman. It's, I know it's only six weeks away, but do you reckon I could do it? And he kind of gave me a bit of a look and like, are you, are you serious? And he's like, maybe you could aim for the following year. So it probably would have been about October of 2020 when I started running. And I remember my first run up the road and it was probably around about, uh, I don't know, I was probably running about a seven minute pace up the road and for about, I think I did about five Ks. And um, by the end of it, I got back and like, I was quite fit from cycling, but all my joints really hurt. And I got to this point where I was like, oh my God, well, I'm glad that I got told no. <laughs> yeah. And from there, uh, 2021, I spent the year, my goal was to do my first Ironman, which I did in Bustleton in, in December. And uh, during that, my, the start of my Ironman training, I'd heard about um, the, like, Birdie's Backyard, uh, Backyard Ultras, and my, my coach was, was doing one. And so I, I signed up and I, I did Birdie's in 2021. Uh, and with, you know, given that I'd just started training for my first Ironman, I had a bit of a limit on what I was aiming to do. Uh, I was kind of given a limit of around about 50 Ks to, because I was, you know, I'd set pretty ambitious goals for my first Ironman. And it was, I think Pete, my coach knew that if I'd gone and pushed myself, I, I probably would have interrupted my training. I wouldn't, wouldn't have really got what I wanted for the Ironman. 
And with the um, – I don't really know all that much about Iron Man. Like how far is like each leg and how long? How, were you happy with how you went? I was – I didn't quite reach my goal, but I, I'm, I am quite happy with uh, how I went. So um, each leg – so you've got a 3.8-kilometre swim. Uh, you've got a 180-kilometre cycle and then a marathon run at the end of it. Oh, gee. So my t- I was aiming to go sub 10, yeah. and I ended up doing it about 10 and a half right. hours or 10, 10 hours 35, I think. Yeah. Were you doing much swimming training as well? Yeah, I was probably – I was – I think uh, t- towards the end of my training, I was doing – probably three sessions in the pool a week and they're all around about the three K kind of mark. So around just over an hour of swimming. So you did birdies and you must Mm -hmm. have like, did you fall in love like with fall in love with the backyard ultra format or well, you must have liked it because you decided to do it again. Absolutely. Um, as soon as I, um, heard about it, even before I'd, um, even tried it um so I'd, I'd been for a, like a trail run with my coach pete who who was who'd been training and was planning to do birdies uh, in 2021 and even just hearing about the concept of like last person standing and uh and doing the, the lap each hour and just trying to hang in there to me that was like um straight away i was like oh that sounds really good and it sounds like something i'd be good at because i'm i'm not uh in the in the grand scheme of things i'm not an overly fast runner or i'm i I tended to just really enjoy when things get a little bit longer and a little bit slower and kind of suit me a little bit more yeah so you did 10 hours at at birdies in 2021 is that correct yeah yeah and then um you did your ultra you did your iron man and then and then that was it. You focused on your next. Um, you've been focusing on backyard ultras ever since. Then I guess is that right? Yeah. So this this year I uh, I competed in three. Uh, so there was two over in um, WA. So there's there's Herdy's front yard, which is around Herdston Lake in in Perth, and then Birdie's backyard, which is around Lake Taraninning. It's about two hours south of Perth. Yeah. And I think you're signed up to do Birdie's next year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this, this year now, yeah. Oh, yes. I didn't realise it was so like far away when I when I bought my ticket. Though it's going to be a bit of a. I'm going to have to organise how to bit of logistics to organise to get there and stuff like that. Yeah, it looks, absolutely. It looks awesome. Though. I can't. I can't wait. I guess I just land, hire a car, and drive in. Yeah, and there's uh, the the good thing about. 30s is that there's quite a lot of facilities there because it's in um, a caravan park. So yeah. all the toilet, shower, all those kind of facilities are there. Uh, it's it's pretty well set up from that perspective. There's a there's a nice big camp kitchen that that support crew and those kind of things can use. And mm. so from that perspective, there's there's a lot there already to help you with with the race. Yeah, cool. So I was, um, yeah, so I looked, I saw that you did 10 hours on your first backyard ultra and then you did 28 at, um, at Herdy's, your next one. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder why, how he improved so much. But, um, now I know, like, 
you actually set yourself a limit of about 10 hours on your first one because of the Ironman training. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and Hurdy's was, I think, I, Hurdy's, there was the, the uh, that was like my first proper go at, at trying to test myself. Yeah. Um, and I also, with Hurdy's, I tested positive to COVID about two days afterwards. So oh, really? it, it's, it's quite like, it's quite likely that I, I probably had COVID during the race. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just, but I, I think inevitably my Hurdy's race just ended with a bit of a, a, a mental, mental fade. I it was lap 28 I'd, I'd kind of got to 24 hours and I was like oh, I'm, I'm happy with that and then I, I just found that my brain just started to like make excuses yeah. about you know to it's like how am I going to get out of this now <laughs> gonna, um, and it got to a point it just got dark and then my headlight didn't turn on and I was like well, that was enough and that was it and it was done <laughs> Yeah. Had you reached a point yet when you had like started trying to sleep and stuff like that, like a sleep strategy or anything, or was it just, or was it too early in the race? I did try the first night at Hurdy's to sleep. I did a, a like a, a fast-ish kind of lap. I think I finished in about 37 minutes and I found that I did because I was like so wired at that point, it was, it was probably only like, eight laps into the race that I didn't sleep and then for the next two laps my hamstrings and everything were a little bit tight and I kind of realized that it you know probably wasn't going to make a big difference to me yeah since then going and getting the opportunity to to go a little bit further uh, and 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 also watching Phil um I think having a good strategy around sleep is is pretty important particularly uh, you know, if you are looking to go into those third or fourth days. Yeah. Did you know Phil and because I see you run a lot with Phil and Chris Martin and stuff. Did you meet them? Where would you meet them? Was it at 30s or did you know them before that? Or So I actually, I went at the end of Hurdies once that finished because I guess when I started Hurdies, I, I didn't, I don't think I knew any other competitor in the field at the beginning of the race mm. um and so i kind of was i finished on saturday evening at around about eight o'clock and so i went back the next morning and, and chris got to 39 at hurdies and so i just saw him sitting there so i just went down and had a bit of a chat with him mm. and just asked to be keen to go for a run and um, yeah, and we, we'd had a pretty good yarn. And then I saw him at a race maybe like six weeks later. He did – there's a race over here called Light Horse. It's a 24-hour race. Yeah. And he was – he just just finished and I was just sitting there having a bit of a chat with him and we just went for a run uh, maybe a week or two later. And Chris is a – Chris is a, a quite a fast runner, um, certainly in comparison to me. So the first time – I went running with him. We've we've been doing this Thursday afternoon run at um, around the the river in Perth, and he was just kind of jogging along, chatting to me, and it was more like a tempo run for me, and I was just like trying to keep up with him, and <laughs> wasn't saying an awful lot. Yeah. Um, and I ended up running with Chris. We went running every week, pretty much, and have just become really good mates. And 
And then because Chris is really good mates with Phil, uh, just before birdies, I think maybe two or three weeks before birdies, uh, I went for a run with Phil and and since then, you know, uh, we the three of us run together quite regularly. I, I run with Phil a bit um, up in the um, – there's like a national park not too far from where Phil lives, so we often go and run up in the trails up around there. Yeah, it looks nice there, that's for sure. Yeah, and the, Phil seems to have uh, a knowledge of all the little hidden trails and everything, so – it's quite nice follow, following him around yeah. because every run is different. It's We very rarely take the same track and then um, do an out and back or anything like that. It's usually like, you know, we'll just be running along and, and Phil will just yell, oh, turn right here and there's this tiny little track and it'll weave and drop off. And, uh, yeah, so it's quite it's quite a lot of fun. Yeah. And so when you finished Herdies, you did your 28 hours, like, did it take long for you? Like, did you go home and think, oh, I can't wait to do my next one? I'm going to, like, I'm going to kill it next time? Or when did you decide that you wanted to? Because, like, you did 53 at, at Birdies, your next one. Like, how, how did you improve so much? I think there was a couple of things that at Herdies that I, I knew straight away that I hadn't done very well. So the first, First thing that really affected me at Hurdies was I didn't take into account how much my feet were going to swell up yeah. doing the, these kind of runs. So I had shoes that were already relatively tight. And I, by the time we got to maybe lap 10 or 12, I, I had like no skin left on either of my pinky toes. Like my complete ball of my foot like was a blister essentially. And I'd, I'd never, I didn't, I hadn't considered how to manage my feet. Um, I hadn't really set myself um, any strategies to deal with, like when things started to get tough, how would I deal with that? And, yeah. uh, you know, there was just, I think um, doing the first one gave me a lot of areas to work on. And, and most of the areas that I, I worked on, I think I got much stronger as a runner in that period. But I think I also after you know watching a lot of the other runners i think i got a lot more out of the, the mental preparation and the the physical preparation side of things that really helped a lot mm. did you have a crew for your have you had a crew working for with you for both all your well for the first two for the for the time you did 10 hours and the time you did 28 but when i did the 10 i it was I didn't have anyone crewing for me because I, I knew I was only doing the 10 hours and I, I, I didn't feel like it was going to be too much of a, a problem. At, at Herdy's, I had a crew um, which kind of fluctuated. At some points I had kind of, you know, there was maybe sometimes seven people that were down there just kind of coming in to like offer, offer a bit of support or yeah. um, <clears throat> I think at Birdie's and certainly at the Sat Champs, I had a lot more structure around what I what I wanted to my crew to do, and we'd thought a lot more about how could I um, prepare and organise them. So they kind of felt like they had some level of um, knowledge and competence in the different aspects of supporting someone who's doing an ultramarathon. Yeah. So there was there was definitely a lot more um, preparation work that went into setting up the crew yeah 
So you mentioned your feet, you had issues with your feet when you did your 28 hours. How did you, what did you adjust for the next backyard ultra to sort of like solve that problem? So straight away, I was probably running in size 10 shoes. Um, and I went and got myself a size 11 and a half pair of shoes straight away just to see how that would make a bit of a difference. And I think having shoes that have a bit more room in them definitely helped a lot. Mm. Um, and they're also just doing things like taping my, pull my toes up with um, Fixamol and using kinesiology tape to, on the balls of my feet and, um, and just also I, I, I know you, you might have heard Phil talk about some of the things that he does to prepare his feet, but just doing things like uh, in the two weeks leading up, just putting moisturiser or putting like uh, the, the squirrel's nut butter on my feet and just like before I go to bed each night, just kind of letting that kind of soak in. Oh. It seems to help a lot with um, blister prevention. Yeah, yeah, cool. And and you mentioned the mental side of things as well. Did you – how did you sort of like like – practice that side of things leading up to it like did you just set yourself some rules like um some mantras or how do you think you managed to go from 28 to 53 like the mental side of things i would say a lot of it relates to process so there was a lot more thought into because I, I from that experience where i had where my headlamp stopped working then I just completely like, pretty much just had a mental breakdown and just kind of spit the dummy and just walk back to the start. Yeah. I thought, okay, so what are some of the things that are going to actually take me out of the, the race? Yeah. And things like even trying to work out strategies for when you're starting to get to the end of the race and you're, you're kind of borderline as to whether you're going to make it back, um, trying to think about, okay, how am I going to, make sure I know what my pace is and how how far away I am from making it in on time. Um, in the lead up to it, I, I did a lot of breath work. Um, like I, I use um, Wim Hof's breathing. Uh, and I, I've also, I read this book called um, Running with a Mind of Meditation, right. uh, which, which talks about, like it talks about meditation. So I, I looked into it a little bit more and, and that's I've made that kind of part of my, you know, routine before I go to bed is that I'll often um, as a way also to, to turn a screen off before I go to bed because I feel like I sleep a lot better if I don't have the phone. Yeah. Is to kind of have a little bit of a routine before bed, which involves meditation. I like to try and read for maybe half an hour before I go to sleep as well and just doing things like that to kind of make sure that I get good quality sleep, which I think helps in my training. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Wim Hof. Do you get involved in the cold water plunges and stuff like that too or just the breathing? I did do the cold showers for a while, but I found that the breathing uh, had the biggest impact for me personally. Yeah. I, I can certainly feel like the mornings where I don't do at least a couple of cycles of the breathing, I feel throughout the day I, have, uh, I feel more anxious. I, I feel like I have more nervous energy. Yeah. Uh, when I do that, I feel like a completely different um, person. 
Um, although I, 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 <laughs> I realized the birdies because I was kind of set up in the same area as, as Phil and Chris, and I just started doing the breath work and it didn't say to anyone, I'm doing breath work. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting there doing all these deep breaths and Phil's worried that I'm about to have a heart attack. Or something <laughs> <like that. laughs> it would look so strange. <laughs> um, so in, in what do you think, like when you're going deep in your backyard ultras what kind of things go through your head like to keep you going through some hard points um so i i found at birdies that i'd put some kind of consequences in place for myself if i did just not give up and not time out yeah and so I, I, I gave my crew permission to shave my head or to cut my hair however they wanted to cut it yeah. if, I, if I just um, uh, if I just gave up and and also I think um, some of my like I've got my good friend John who's crewed for me at every race uh, this year I also prepare him beforehand and, and say look I know that you know the encouragement actually doesn't help me a lot when people are saying good work, Aaron, good work, mm. I tend to like, I tend to get more out of it when people like just like shut up and go and run and, yeah. um, or just like a very kind of almost like, um, yeah, just almost like speaking down to me a little bit, but <laughs> I find that that, that helps with m- my mental motivation. And, yeah. um, I think John turned to me a couple of times at Sat Champs. I, um, when I was like, Oh, I don't think I can keep doing this. And he's like, he just turned to me and he just looked at me with a big grin and, and he just goes, I flew over from Perth, motherfucker. You know, just get back out there. And I was like, back off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, did, I don't think I said anything to him again for about 10 laps. <laughs> right. yeah. um, and what about um, nutrition and stuff? Is that something that you've worked on much um, for your backyard ultras? Absolutely. Uh, I found with uh, particularly um, birdies that there was a lot of things that I'd planned to eat that I either couldn't eat because, you know, your mouth gets really dry. Um, So I had a lot of, you know, simple carbs like bread and donuts and in there that I then just, I kept coming back and not eating what I'd set in my schedule to eat. Yeah. Uh, so I did try a lot of different things at the sat champs. And I think having a lot, I kind of set it up so that I had options each time I came in, like a little snack box with, there was like eight or so different options. And then every couple of hours I might get, get something cooked up or, um, and I found that that definitely worked a lot better for me during the race. And I, I guess the other aspect of it is um, when you first start, well, when I, certainly when I first started doing this, I had no idea about how to eat uh, to support, um, you know, recovery, like how, how did protein get processed through the body. Um, I had no real idea about how to um, get the right nutrients and what are the not right nutrients that I need to be thinking about. Yeah. Um, so that's something that um, my coach Pete has really like. He, we sat down 
maybe like a few days ago because we'd been talking about um, protein and recovery and he w- went and did a bit more of a deep dive and, and kind of looked at, um, because I'm, I'm vegetarian um, and I don't eat a lot of dairy um, as well, is to look at some of the things that might be deficient in my diet because I'm vegetarian and, and making sure that, you know, if I'm taking supplements or um, like, for example, uh, calcium and making sure that it's that i'm getting the other parts in my diet so that that actually gets um that actually gets absorbed into my system yeah do you um use any like uh like you know like those powders that you mix up with water with electrolytes and stuff do you like tailwind and stuff do you use any of that kind of stuff i i haven't used tailwind because i found when i've used it that it didn't quite work for my stomach, but I tend to use, um, you know, more of the the tablet ones like the the Voose and the Bix kind of um, hydration um, mm. more so than than Tailwind, just because I found those seem to work better for my stomach. Yeah, um, and I, and I do, you know, I do use like uh, protein powders and and whatnot just to kind of supplement protein in my diet. Um, and, and often I'll, I'll kind of put that into my, my oats in the morning or, or do something like that so that it's rather than have it as a like a milkshake or just to try and, you know, give it, give it a little bit of a boost. Yeah. And so going into um, 30s when you did your 53 hours, what kind of attitude did you have going into it? Because were you, like, determined to just, like, be the last one standing or were you motivated by making the australian team or what kind of like what what motivated you to do so well in that race because you broke that was you, you were the assistant the australian record in that in that one so it was a huge run yeah so i i i don't think that i i actually didn't know about what the satellite champs were until um it got explained to me the week after birdies. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't actually know that that was a thing. I, I thought when people were talking about, because people were, uh, Gemma had, had been talking about qualifying for something throughout the race. And I thought she was actually talking about the Australian Masters right. because I'd, yeah. I'd seen that advertised. And I, um, so I was like, oh, great. I've qualified for that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it wasn't till like, the week after that uh, I, I don't know if it was it might have been Phil that maybe explained to me um what the satellite champs were yeah um and or yeah I'm not sure who exactly who explained it to me and I was like oh that's that's pretty cool um yeah. uh and, and I I guess for me I just it was more that with the 28 laps at, at Hurdy's I I knew I'd made so many mistakes during the race and um, and I'd been working pretty hard in my training. I just, it wasn't really about winning. I, I actually didn't at any point think I was going to um, be the last one standing. Mm. I think I just wanted to, you know, improve on what I'd done in in the previous race at Hurdy's. Right, okay, yeah. And... Um... Yeah, because that, that was a massive run. And so you must have slept. You must have had a sleep strategy during that one going for so far. Did, did you sleep at all or much during that one? How did you manage that? I think I got 
throughout that race, I think I got about 15 minutes of sleep. Um, Because particularly on the second night where I was tired, um, around, so birdies, there's there's kind of like a section where there's like a, a bit of a, gravel kind of sandy road that you run along for maybe about the first two kilometers and then you do this little single trail and then there's about maybe like two and a half k's of paddock and in the middle of that there was this it had just bucketed down um maybe around about 10 o'clock i would say and that paddock flooded so it was like a you were kind of running in just ankle deep water for about 800 meters and so my my feet at that point um they i just i hadn't um i think i was a bit oblivious to the fact that it was raining so hard so i kind of i hadn't taken any measures to protect my feet and uh i just my feet just deteriorated over the course of about two laps and um so by the time it got to that second night i actually wasn't making good enough time for for a big chunk of the night to actually get any sleep yeah, I think I was getting back at around the the fifty five, fifty six minute mark, um, right. just because like I had some issues with my feet and um, it just seemed to, yeah, I just just wasn't making the time, so I just kind of hung in there and and was just trying to keep making it back and and trying to get food into me. Yeah, were you changing? Like, did you have a spare pair of shoes? Like, were you changing your shoes each lap, or how did you, or you just left them on and left kept them wet? Um, actually, well, the funny thing is I had three sets of waterproof socks in my bag, <laughs> which I hadn't actually even considered to put on. And, um, so I, I came back and it probably might've been about lap 38 or lap 39 or something along those lines. And my, my feet were falling apart and, um, my crew wasn't really sure how to help in this situation. Like, mm. and so, um, so it was actually Gemma Gore that um, she she was like sleeping and um, so she she got up and she kind of helped like um, patch up my feet and um, and then I kept trying to make it back so I could try and take off my shoes to kind of you know keep fixing things and and eventually I would say maybe five or six laps later I'd, I'd been wearing the waterproof socks my feet just kind of they just went from being painful to kind of like more of a, a numb feeling where the blisters were and then it seemed like everything was going okay for for a little bit yeah okay and and what eventually um ended it for you at the 53 hours i think i I just got to a point where i just uh i I remember that that last lap I, i was running along with phil um and he he was kind of like monitoring the pace and he's like well we're, we're at the 1k mark and we're already kind of like 12 13 minutes in um he's like oh, i probably need to start taking off just to make sure that i make it back in time yeah and so at that point i kind of like stopped and i sat down and i shouldn't have sat down um and then i kind of got back up and i was like oh, i'm not going anywhere so i just kind of walked back um so were you uh, were you the two of you running together for a lot of the end like for a lot of it were you just to help each other yeah i think it was more phil helping me <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, I, I i i definitely knew that he wanted to uh i know it hurt is he he missed out on um breaking his australian record by one lap or by, and so i knew that he he wanted to um break his record again and so 
um, just pulled out at lap 45 and it, he, he immediately kind of jogged up next to me in the next lap and he's like, hey, you going? you need any help? What, what, you know, yeah. um, what, what do you need? Um, and there was probably a lap, maybe two laps later where he, he's like, oh, I'm doing a quicker one this one because I'm going to have a shower and, and whatnot. And I think there might have been like at least half a dozen people that ran back the opposite way around the loop to kind of like give me encouragement to make sure that I didn't stop at that point where, mm. so I think, I think he might've been a little bit worried, um, particularly uh, early once it was just down to the two of us that the race would end soon. And I think he wanted to try and see how far he could push, push it. Yeah. Um, have you ever used showers as a, as a between laps as something to do? I, I did it on the first morning at birdies and I found it to be, I gave myself like 25 minutes to have a shower. So um, I probably didn't need that much time, yeah. but I did find that it, uh, it certainly coming into that um, after doing the overnight um, and it, it had been quite cold overnight. Um, having a nice warm shower did help to like warm up the body. And mm. I felt really good for the next five or six laps after having a shower. Yeah. So you, so the next race you had after birdies was the Satellite World Champs um, you mentioned a few times. What type of things did you do to prepare for that? Uh, so I, tr I tried to prepare reasonably similar to, to birdies. Um, and and that, that, I think that was um, maybe a, mis a mistake. Um, it was it was the first time i'd ever had to back up after something like that in in a, a reasonably short time it was about eight weeks i think between birdies and the sat champs uh and certainly pete had recommended that i maybe reduce the amount of running that i do um but being um i i kind of said well let's let's just you know i, I wanted to run more um and, and I, I certainly think that was a bit of a mistake because I had, uh, I think I had a lot of problems from the very, very early in the sat chance with my, with my knees and my hips and yeah. um, things that hadn't, I don't think probably hadn't fully recovered from yeah. birdies. Um, and the other, the other thing, I guess the other thing was just to, to really look at some of the things that didn't work about my food and, um, and my organization at birdies uh, so that it made it a bit easier for my crew to be able to, you know, to assist me and to, to find things. Like uh, at Birdies, I kind of had all of my stuff in maybe like eight or nine big waterproof kind of bags. And often I'd come in and I'd ask for something and they'd be like, okay, well, we'll get it for you when, when, you, when you go and we'll find it by the time we, you get back on the next lap. So um, I'd seen Phil with a lot of like different organizers and ways to organize his gear and he had labels on everything. And I was yeah. like, Oh, you know, it was, it was a big, big focus to try and make life a lot easier for my crew to be able to, you know, support me with, you know, everything that, that it from having, making sure all of the, the medical kit with all the foot care stuff is like, it's all in the same place as opposed to spread out over six bags and just you know, the things that you don't, you know, you, when you're putting all the stuff in, you're like, oh, I've got it all there, but I didn't actually kind of think about how they might be using it. Did you um, have a van with you at the Satellite World Champs? Me and um, Chris hired a um, a camper trailer, and we got it delivered there. 
uh, which was, yeah, there was a couple of like locals that, that hired them out and um, they just delivered it there and set it up for us and on the day. Um, yeah, it was great. And I think it cost about a hundred extra $150 for them to kind of bring it, set it up, pick it up, yeah. you know, do, do everything. And so that, that, that made our lives a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. And did you have a shower in that one and did you use it? I didn't have a shower during the sat champs, but we did often like, we did often like just, you know, when we're, when we're changing clothes, like do a bit of a wash with a cloth. Um, It was nice being in the camper trailer, like at birdies, it was probably similar kind of conditions at birdies, but um, I was just in a marquee. So having a camper van that had a heating system and all those kind of things that you could kind of jump into in between laps was like absolutely a dream especially at night time because it was pretty cold wasn't it yeah i think the the third night which by that point i was out was probably the coldest night right yeah yeah so i think um certainly there was the icicles on some of the windscreens and (laughs) yeah so yeah, yeah, I thought it was. I, I didn't. I knew it was going to be a little bit cold. And like I saw, um, Ryan Crawford was packing a whole heap of cold weather gear, and I was thinking, I, I don't know if it's going to be that cold though. But it was definitely that cold. It was freezing. Yeah, and I was going to say, and it's always that little bit, just as you're starting the lap, like you sit down for five minutes, and then you get up, and you're like waiting in the corral. That's yeah. the time as when you're in the race. That's that's really the tough time before your body warms back up. Yeah. Do you think um, you were impacted a little bit by the late start? It, it it's hard to it's hard to say. Uh, I know. But yeah, I, I did. Oh, look, I didn't get a, a lot of great sleep. Um, like for the, for the couple of days before so me and chris uh flew over on the wednesday yeah. and we've kind of hired this little room in melbourne so we kind of have a day just to kind of do our shopping and and everything can um you know so this this room was like r- really it's like a you know the single beds were almost like there was probably like half a foot between them and then there was like <laughs> you know a foot on the other side for our bags to sit in so it was a pretty tight um environment and um but I think uh, so. But I don't think I really slept that well in the couple of days in the lead up to it. Right. Um, yeah. And I probably contributed a little bit to Chris not sleeping well. He he always tells his story. Like there was one night where I, I just I'd been laying in bed for about three hours. So I just got up and I started. I was just scrolling through my phone, and. Uh, I had a packet of chips next to me and I was hungry, so I started eating the chips. So the next morning he'd, he'd actually videotaped me and it, you could just hear me. And there was like, uh, you know, the sound of a chip. It was like, oh. <laughs> and then like three minutes later, it was like, oh. <laughs> and he's like, how did you think I couldn't hear that? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, so, um, so with that, so you did forty-eight hours at the Satellite World Championships, which is is still really good. It wasn't your best, but overall, how did you rate that performance, and how what did you learn from it? Well, I think um, I probably would 
would it's a tough one because when I when I when I started running I, I was it, everything didn't quite feel right and I, I know I was kind of complaining from about lap three of my knee and my hip and um a bunch of other things and so I it's it, like in some ways I'd probably rate it much more highly than the the birdies run because you know things didn't go to plan from the very beginning um, and then I managed to kind of continually kind of troubleshoot a lot of the issues and and like kind of work through the pain and the things that weren't really um, going that well for me and 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 hang in there for a bit. Mm. Um, so from that perspective, I think I learned that I learned a lot about how to kind of manage pain and, and how to kind of, I guess, keep going when things aren't, aren't really going that well. Yeah. And the, I guess the good thing about these kind of races is, is a lot of the, the pain that you feel, it kind of comes and goes. Like at the time, it might, it might hang around for five laps, but if you can kind of just hang in there for those five laps that problem with the knee or that problem with the hip or whatever it is usually kind of semi resolves itself at least for a, a, sh a short period mm. and i think that helped a lot um and look I, I was i was quite you know it was quite an honor to be a part of the australian team yeah. i certainly didn't I, i've never i've never even represented you know WA in anything, um, let alone rep representing Australia. So it was a pretty big honour to to be a part of that team. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I certainly felt out of it is that, you know, that there was a lot of camaraderie between the athletes. And I know that there was a lot of people kind of experiencing, you know, having various levels of discomfort or things that weren't quite working. Um, I remember John coming to, to talk to me about his stomach. And I, I said, oh, I, I usually eat marshmallows during a race because that kind of helps to, to block up your stomach if, if it's not feeling great. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all seem to like try and help each other the best we could. And, um, and I think that did help him a little bit. And I think we're all kind of trying to, to do it, not, not as individuals, but for each other, which was a really nice thing to be a part of. Is, is that a fact? Is it that marshmallows actually really do help that? Or is it kind of just like a theory? Well, so one of my um, ex-partners was a dietitian. Oh, yeah. And that was something, and she's also an ultra runner, and she'd mentioned that to me. So like, that's something we learned at uni. They yeah. taught us, you know, if you've got um, if you've got diarrhea, that marshmallows are something that can can help to kind of like um, stop that. And so, since I have like been eating marshmallows in in races and long rides, I've never had that issue once. So so far, I know that's anecdotal evidence, but I'm certainly. <laughs> Um, I'm certainly sold on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll take marshmallows to the MVP in a few weeks then for sure. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> I tend to just have one every about three or four laps. So just kind of um, just as like a, a little thing with, you know, whatever else is prepared for that lap. They're just like, here's your marshmallow. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what about gels? Do you, do you use them? I try to stay away from... Um, things like gels and these longer events from from my first couple of um 
like long bike rides, I found that eating too much sugar, I tended to get these really kind of super acidic burps and they were quite painful. And um, I've certainly, you know, if I was doing like a half marathon, I wouldn't have any problem taking gels to, to um, during the race, but I, I try to eat as much real food as possible when I'm, when I'm racing. I find that that helps a lot. I see you're still on the um, at-large list for bigs. Like you're still, that 53 you did at birdies, that still qualifies you to go to bigs later this year. Um, will you go if you make it? Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. If I, if I'm, if I um, am on the list, I will definitely take that opportunity yeah. because you know, like you see a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of runners that are going that, you know, you, you watch, you. I when I was first starting to run, I would watch YouTube videos of and, um, you know, these, these people that are like world-class runners. So to be a part of that group, it would be a great honour, I, I think. Have you been following it, like checking like results overseas and stuff to make sure that you don't drop off the list? Um, not, not, not really. I, I, I don't think the 53 is going to be enough to be on the list at the time of the qualification period ends mm. the way it is. I reckon that it's, it's almost certainty that I'll get knocked off the list. Mm. Uh, with 53, I might get a, a late call up if someone says, um, you know, I'm not going and, and spots roll down. So I think for me, the, the focus really needs to be on making sure that I kind of put myself at least halfway up that list, yeah. which I think that at the, of the 40 that are on the, the, um, that didn't get the golden tickets, I think 63 gets you to kind of the middle of the list at the moment. So you know, I'd, I'd say like Hurdy's, I'll be wanting to make sure that I, I can get to at least 63. Um, I'll certainly be, uh, since I've started doing this, my goal has been to get 72 laps. Right. Yeah. 72 yards. As, even at Hurdy's, that was my, originally my, when I did it the first time, that was my goal. Um, and well, that, that kind of stemmed from uh, uh, during like early in 2021, I was looking at, um, I was looking at joining the um, like the army as a and um, applying for commandos, right? And so I know like a, a part of you know you know the test that you do to to get accepted, the last kind of three days of it, you just you you get you get tested and and worked and and there's you don't you're not really allowed to sleep and um, so to me that kind of is kind of an equivalent to to prove to myself that. You know, I, I wasn't allowed in because of a number of different medical conditions and I've had a knee reconstruction and um, I've had various problems with shoulders and surgeries on shoulders. So um, I wasn't deemed appropriate from a medical standpoint, but I, I still would like to see if I could test myself and, and go to that 72-hour mark. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like um, a David Goggins at Bud's kind of training thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of... Yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, the, the special forces kind of soldiers um, get tested in that, that manner. Yeah. Um, and how long ago was that that you were considering doing that? 
that was the beginning of 2021. Right. Um, and, and it's funny you mentioned David Goggins. I'd been like really, I'd read his book and I'd, I listened to a lot, a lot of his, you know, um, I'd watch his videos on YouTube and yeah. I was like really interested in it. To me, that that whole mentality of like really trying to push yourself and, um, and you know, uh, like the way that he looks at discipline and various other things uh, really resonated with me. And I, I was looking for something like that that would allow me to kind of, I guess, express myself in that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I love Goggins. I reckon Goggins is one of the main reasons that got me into running, I reckon, like hearing him on the Joe Rogan experience, I thought, I never even knew like you could do things. Like, I thought when when things got hard, you quit. And then I thought, yeah. I thought, oh, well, you keep on going when things get hard. You know, I can't believe I didn't know that. That it it really clicked with me when he when I listened to him for the first time. Yeah, and I think it does click with a lot of people. I don't. I, it's it's hard to comment on how society was like in the past, mm. um, but. I feel like as a society, uh, we we are quite privileged um, in the fact that you know there's there's not like we n no one in my age has has gone through like the draft and and had to go to war and that like with, without you know um, joining the armed forces of their own accord and you know I think that in general we have because of all the comfort we have we do tend to get a little bit soft so from from that perspective it's nice to do something that is like i guess uncivilized or, or to try and like combat that and it's, it's something i really like about um back at ultras and endurance in general is the whole mentality that that a lot of people have and it's not i guess it's not everyone that does ultras has that kind of mentality but there's certainly a lot of people that are um, really into things like um to to people like um david goggins and and you know i i i know at birdies there was a few people running around with the um with david goggins in there and they were just listening to him on repeat in their in their earphones and like why not i think it's yeah. great yeah yeah cool um are you are you going to do the australian masters this year you mentioned it before like um are you gonna do it i'm i'm down to do the australian masters yeah um and so that's that's my plan. Um, as I was saying to you before, um, I'm just starting uh, my I'm just starting an apprentice, apprenticeship as a carpenter, and so I'm not entirely sure as to how that might affect what I'm able to do in yeah. terms of ho like holidays. And um, so uh, the the person that I'm working for. Um, his name's also Aaron. Is seems like a really reasonable person, um, and has said, "Look, you know, I've, I before I um, agreed to take on the apprenticeship, we we did speak about my running and my racing. Um, so it's it's going to be a little bit of a balancing act for me as well, just to make sure that um, that you know, I guess one that I don't take the piss and you know uh, set myself up to do." too many races and take too much time off um, and to work out with him, you know, about, you know, because if let's say Tennessee is a realistic option, um, it might mean taking three weeks off and, you know, 
it'll it'll be i think it'll be a little bit of a you know a conversation that we can we'll have we might have to work through um a little bit later in the year yeah um how's your training going right at the moment um my training at the moment is has been going pretty well i had a pretty I had a bit of a break from running for about maybe a month or maybe five, five weeks before I actually got in back into structured training after the sat champs, um, realizing that, you know, after birdies, I, I kind of rushed myself back into training and it probably wasn't the best. It probably didn't work out the best uh, way for me. Um, so I did a lot of, well, I didn't do a lot of cycling, but I did a few kind of, um, I went like and, and did a bit of cycling with a, with a few friends that it were kind of in the last little bits of training for the Ironman. Um, at the moment, though, everything seems to be um, going in the right direction. I uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm certainly a much, much quicker runner than I was at this time last year. Yeah. I think my, my 5K times like dropped by over a minute in the last 12 months yeah. and you know, I, um, I did a race with with Chris Martin on the on Saturday night. A race called Sandman Fifty, right. which is like fifty k's. It's from Bustle uh, from Dunsborough to Bustleton and back along the beach. So we did it as a bit of a team, yeah. which was like really fun. There was lots of water crossings and obstacles to like little jetties and stuff to go in, under and around. And so yeah. it's the first time I'd ever run on the beach, and it was like a lot of fun. Yeah, and so you ran the whole fifty k's, did you, or was it like a relay? uh so we did half each so i ran the first leg and then chris chris ran ran back yeah cool sounds good and um so hurdies is next have you got any new strategies that you want to try or test or um anything like that i think the the biggest things that i'll be focusing on hurdies is um in the lead up to it is uh preparing myself for heat uh yeah. like the last last time there it was probably low 30s but in march in perth it, you know it, it's not uncommon for us to have days in the high 30s or even low 40s so um there'll probably be a little bit of preparation um i'm going to try some different ways of like cooling myself down when i get hot we've been i've been talking with my coach about what we could maybe do around that maybe um we we're talking about maybe seeing if we can get a slushy machine or something down yeah. at the race yeah. um and also i'll spend a bit of time um in the sauna and a steam room maybe for like the three or four weeks before and yeah um, maybe an hour a day um to try and just do the to kind of acclimatize myself to heat yeah that reminds me like i heard he's obviously gets um pretty hot like there's a you would have seen that really good video on youtube where it, you can just tell by on the watching the video how hot it is and and big kev is the assist yeah that, that's an awesome video i've talked to him about it a lot when he was the guest on but that's one of my favorite um backyard ultra videos on youtube that one yeah i am um... Yeah, and Kev's, he's such a character. He's like a, he's a, he's real, like, um, you know, of the, of the Perth ultra running scene. He's like one of, one of the big characters and it's, it's always great to have him at the, the races. He's always like dancing and uh, at the start line and at 30s, Chris and I and Kev, we were kind of like 
every time we ran past each other, we were making little animal noises in each other's ears and just kind of like <laughs> there was always a bit of a joke or, or something to be had with him. Uh, that, that reminds me, do you um, or have you had any um, – were you one of those guys who has hallucinations when you're going deep in your races? I don't have a lot of experience with hallucinations, but I kept at birdies. Um, I was, there was a part of it um, where there, like you, you kind of run a, a, up this hill um, and at the top of the hill, uh, like it's only, a, it's a little hill. There was like at the, at the end of this paddock, there was like a little bit where you go into some trees and I swear every time I ran past it for maybe like the last five or six laps, it looked like there was like a saber tooth tiger. It was like, it had the big fangs and it like it looked way too big to be a normal tiger i was like wow that's cool (laughs) (laughs) um so are you interested in doing any other types of ultra races this year or in the future are you going to focus on backyard ultras for a while longer at the at the moment my focus is to to make it to bigs in tennessee this year and to try and do the best I can at that if I provided I make it. Um, I have, I've never done a point to point ultra. Um, so the longest like point to point race I've done is 25 K. Right. So, um, uh, like in, other than the, the marathon of the, like, um, the Ironman. Um, so I, I did go down and, and kind of like, um, man support chris uh he did um part of the feral pig ultra at um not long after the sat champs and uh watching watching all the runners come through that that looked you know that looked pretty exciting so uh, i would like to try a couple of point to point ultras mm. uh maybe 2024 is looking like yeah more of a more of a possibility for that yeah have you done any marathons aside from the marathon leg in the ironman no, uh, I've never, I've never actually raced a marathon. Uh, <laughs> and um, so, is making the Australian team again? Are you going to just tr- go for that in twenty twenty four as well? Because it's at Birdies next. Um, it's been announced too, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, ho- hopefully, I'll if I, if I make the Australian team, I definitely. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. I don't think that's something I'll, I'll ever pass up as if I if I make it. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. I guess I, I haven't thought too far ahead. Um. Yeah. Other past this year. Um, yeah. Because it, it's so hard to to know where things will be. Like, yeah. You know, I think uh, something probably COVID taught us is that the whole everything can get just flipped on its head. Yeah. Um, in a space of a, you know, in a matter of months. Um, so at the moment, just focus on the backyard ultras. Yeah. And I will, uh, look, my, my goal has always been to hit that 72 laps. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that, that I'll, that I'll get there. Like, even if it's not this year, like, um, I'm confident that I'll get there. Yeah, well, the rate of improvement you're making, and it sounds like you've got a like you're pretty you, your fingers on the pulse with all your strategies and stuff like that, and you're running with the best, like with Phil. So you've got a good mentor. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, watch watching Phil um, 
I've certainly learned a lot from Phil because the, the level of professionalism that he has is like it's it's well certainly in Western Australia um, it's certainly like he's he's on a, he's in a kind of tier of his own when it comes to the backyard ultras so um, having the opportunity to to you know run with him and to like listen to him talk about um, what kind of things he does. Um, I think it, it certainly helped, not just me, but I think a lot of runners in WA to improve reasonably quickly. Mm. Um, and he certainly doesn't hoard his kind of, he's, he, he's pretty happy to kind of sit down with someone and, and talk through, uh, you know, what he's doing and how he goes about things, I think, to help other people, which is, which is uh, it's, yeah, it certainly has helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned birdies before, how it's got, like, you it's on a camping site with an amenities block and everything like that. Um, how do you imagine that the um, world champs, also the satellite world champs will be set up when it's there? Like, will that, will, do you think it will be set up around that amenities block so people can utilise the showers and the indoor section and they're not going to have to rely on their own marquee as much perhaps? Or do you think it won't really be like that? Well, so like provided it's the like uh, the last two years when I've been down there, the, the finish line for the lap is pretty much right next to the the, the toilet shower block. Yeah. Um, and there's also like a little bit of a, a shed and um, <clears throat> some marquees that were set up for for people to use who didn't have them. Yeah. Um, the like generally the the kind of scale of the events um, that that Sean usually runs are. are like pretty big, like Hurdy's, I think there's 300 people in it this year. So like the scale of them is usually pretty big. So I'm not exactly sure how exactly it's going to look when there's 15 athletes competing. Yeah. Um, because I reckon it would be a big advantage if they can util like, utilise that amenities block and have have it set up like, like that. Because I know the Belgium team, they had like, that's how they set up and that's how one of the reasons why they did so well because – they didn't have marquees. They just went into like a hall and had everything set up in there. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, I, I certainly um, in the past, like most people have been set up in a marquee or a, like a little camper trailer or something like that along the, the way um, in the last, right, like there's, there's usually, I think there's, it'd be about 50 to 60 metres between the finish and the start of the next lap at, yeah. um, at birdies. So, I mean, you'd expect that probably most of the runners would have a, a little space right in between the start and the finish. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of directly off, off the, the track from there. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, and it's, it's a kind of a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to run around as well. Yeah. And um, I see you're a bit of a, uh, a kettlebell king as well. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I just I – I tend to do that as part of my warm-up whenever I go to the gym. And um, so one of the ladies at the gym was like, I've seen you swinging the kettlebells um, in your warm-up. So, you know, come and have a go. Like every month they've got a little – um, competition sometimes it's like how many squats can you do with with a 40 kilo barbell or something on your back or you know how fast can you do 2ks on the bike and so she was like all right you're doing it 
yeah. just like she wasn't taking no for an answer. So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll do it. And actually, it was perfect because my heart rate monitor had just broken. And so the pri- they got that the prize for it was a heart rate monitor, so it um it was good. <laughs> I won it. So I think I did something like it was it was like how many kettlebell swings could you do in ninety seconds? I think I did maybe like sixty four yeah. swings with with a twenty kilo kettlebell in in the ninety seconds. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, and I, I look. I, I felt like I sped up towards the end as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was definitely motivated by the prize. <laughs> um, so I did put out a question um, thing on Instagram you probably saw. I did get a couple. Um, what's your advice to anyone crewing? So I think, well, well first of all, um, if you're um, an athlete, I think it's really important to set your crew up um, and look at the things that you think they need to know. Um, so, for example, after birdies where, you know, I really was saved by Gemma coming to my rescue to help me fix my feet, yeah. uh, I actually bought um, my mum and my friend John who were coming over to crew with me at the sat champs I bought them a book called fixing your feet which has like some tips about how to manage blisters and um, various other things and I was like chapter two and chapter nine in there there's some information for you to to be so so that they kind of feel when they were coming there that they they didn't have to ask is this okay they they just felt like they were competent they could just go ahead and and help so i think um it's really important as an athlete to make sure that you set your crew up well yeah. and i think um as a crew person it's really important to make sure that you uh ask for what, what you you know the areas where you're if you're feeling uncomfortable about doing something or you're not feeling like you're set up properly i think it's really important to to feel like you can ask questions um about what what is the actual expectation from the runner um and to kind of make sure that you feel comfortable with whatever you're with what you're doing yeah um i've i've certainly um felt like i've i've had no like the the people that i've i've been really fortunate that um so mum's a nurse, so she has like a background in, um, you know, in, in caring for people and, and you know, she, she knows like a lot more in areas um, about, you know, uh, health and well-being and like things like um, managing pain um, than, than I do. So I I often will say to her, if she asks me, do you, do you want this? I'll be like, you're the expert in that area. Yeah. Uh, you tell me what I can do or what I can't do, and then I'm going to follow what you say. Yeah, and I think that's that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's um, from because I, I guess I can only talk about it from a runner's perspective um, is to make sure that your crew feels like they're comfortable and that they feel like they have some kind of ownership over. Yeah, um, what's going on? Do you before you start a race, do you tell them? If I come in and say, I don't want to go again, you've got to make me go again or anything like that. You're not allowed to let me quit. 
Um, yeah, certainly. If it's just me giving up, which in, in all three cases it, it has been, um, then absolutely. I would just and and my 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 friend John is really good at it. He he kind of is quite like humorous when he just you know tells me to get back out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, being around um, uh, Gemma as well in the last few races, like she's also really good at being like you know. No, get up. Off you go. Bye-bye. <laughs> and I find, I find that really helpful. Um, I have, like, in my kind of spreadsheet, I also have a set of questions for my crew to ask, like, relating to various different, you know, like, things like um, rhabdo and, um, and, you know, hypernutremia and, like, all these different kind of health things and like questions for them to ask like mm -hmm. to identify if i'm often you know you you hear stories of of runners who kind of push themselves too far and um so i think it's important for them to be able to kind of if there if there is some kind of concern that there's actually a legitimate medical reason for you to for them to actually pull you out you kind of need to prepare them also with that information because yeah. you know as a runner you don't want to be thinking oh is, is there something going on here you just want to be trying to run yeah yeah so do you have an example of what what kind of questions you um have written down for them to ask um like all, all sorts of um like i i even things like have you gone to the toilet in the last you know two laps what color like what color is your urine like just just even asking things like that yeah um like you know um if i'm talking about aches they'll try and get me to describe it the best that i can so they can kind of work out whether it's just like a um you know whether it's just you know general soreness which is you know when you're you know 48 hours into a race there's no way around it you're going to be you're going to be sore or you're going to be tired or you're going to you're going to there's going to be a lot of challenges that you're facing but just to kind of and it's also for them to kind of work out how to manage it and often with when i came back in at um at the sat champs um if i was kind of complaining about something um i know mum and john would kind of like look it up and they just kind of if it, if they didn't have um, wasn't sure what was going on they'd, they'd kind of get, get onto google and they'd kind of look up okay so what what might be going wrong here how could we kind of problem solve and then when i got back in the next lap they're like we think this might be what the issue is yeah. um you know around like I, I think i'd put my tape on incorrectly or my i'd put some like kinesiology tape on my foot incorrectly and they, you know, they could just go. Well, maybe we should just try and change that, and we'll just retape it, and you know, maybe that'll fix the issue. And we'll just try different different things to, you know, if it's a if a if it's a muscular injury, for instance. Yeah. And just. What about um? Oh, another question is uh, a funny one. Do you have as many sunglasses as Phil? No. <laughs> the, the answer is. I generally have one or two pairs and the only reason I would have two pairs is because I'm a tragic at losing like my gear so yeah. at least if I have at least one spare then you know I don't have to go without yeah <laughs> um so what so we've got herdies as a definite do you have any other races that are definite this year or are you going to wait and see what happens at herdies and go from there 
Look, I'm hoping that I'll be at the Masters and also at at Big Dog's backyard in in Tennessee. They're the they're the three races that are on my calendar at the moment that I'm that I'm planning to do. Yeah. Um, and other than that, there's there's no other races that I'm um, certainly aiming towards. Uh, it's it's fun to in training to do some of the shorter kind of trail races that you see. Um, the Perth Trail Series has some some fun races over winter, and um, you know I'll probably you know, do do a few shorter ones in like in the middle of my training, just as a bit of a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, um, hey, thanks for coming on. I'm um, really looking forward to seeing how you go at Herdies and watching what you do this year. I'm really hoping I'll make it to the Masters, so hopefully we'll be able to run together there. Absolutely. Um, how is your um, how how is your prep going for MVP? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Um. I'm fired up. Like I've, ne- like I can't stop thinking about it, and I keep on having dreams about it as well. And I'll be so disappointed if I don't like if I don't do well. Like uh, I'm absolutely fired up. Like yeah. you wouldn't. Have <laughs> so yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot, and um, yeah, I think like I, I, I'm going to do well. I'm going to say that now. I'm going to do well. Yeah, and and like what um, you said that you want to make it through to the to the second morning is that well yeah, look I'd love to make it through two nights. It starts yeah. at seven o'clock, so it's definitely doable. And um, it's the kind of it's a pretty tough course in the middle of summer as well. So if you're making it through two nights, you're de- you're definitely going to be one of a handful of people left as well. So um yeah. yeah the course yeah because it's what it's got about 170 ish meters of elevation yeah it's something like that and the the biggest hill is in direct sunlight as well so um it's pretty grueling um but in saying that when i did it last year it was the first it was not only the first backyard ultra i'd ever done but also the first ultra i'd ever done so i th- it might have been my memory of it being as hard as it is, it might not be as hard as I remember just yeah. because I've got more experience now and it was, you know what I mean? So we'll see. It's going yeah. to be heaps of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how you go as well. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm putting, the bit, I'm putting a bit of pressure on myself doing this podcast and telling everyone like, that I want to do well, so uh, there was, it's some, that's something as well that I think will keep me going for an extra few laps. Like if it starts getting hard, I, you know, bloody hell, I can't stop now. If I'm because my best is twenty two, I've got to beat that. I'll be disappointed if I don't beat that, and I want to make the masters too, so I've got to do at least thirty five. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Tim will let me go get in if I do twenty four, but we'll just wait and see. Yeah, no, let, let's let's say 35 at least. Yeah. Like um, if I – when I finish, I don't want it to be like – because I've just sat in the chair. I want to make sure it's a legitimate, like I couldn't make the time to finish a lap. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to leave it all out there and be totally rinsed by the time it's finished. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, I'm excited though. I'm going to – make sure my girlfriend's there with the camera and she'll be tracking the whole thing on the Instagram account too. So 
And have you got a couple of people coming down the crew for you? Um, I haven't. I, I've got at least one. Like my girlfriend's pretty keen on doing it. And um, I'll ask a couple of other people if they want to come down and help and give her a rest too. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have tons of people wanting to come down and, and help and probably. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, well, I'll put the call out now. If anyone wants to come down and help as well, they're more than welcome. That would yeah, be great. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Hey, um, well, have you been on a run today yet? Yeah, I went for a little run this morning. Um, just ran 10Ks and I came back along the beach. Um, oh, so I ran like 5Ks out along the footpath and then kind of turned turned down and then ran on the beach for a little bit. Yeah. Which and, is, um, and you're on holidays at the moment, are you? You're not at home? Yes. Yeah, so I'm I'm down south at the moment, staying in Bustleton. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so my first day... Um, my first day as an apprentice carpenter, carpenter is on Wednesday, so two days from now. So it's, just, yeah, cool. it's exciting to have, a, have that coming up. Yeah, awesome. Well, um, all the best with that as well. Um, thanks for coming on, and um, we'll keep in touch for sure. Hopefully we'll bump into each other during the year. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. so much, Pato. No worries. Have a good one, Aaron. If you've enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you could share, comment, like, subscribe, all of that. If you've got any feedback, shoot me a message. Hope you have a great day. See ya.